2: Did we make it? Are we what? on? I think we landed. I think we've landed on the moon, Jeff.
0: I can't see a thing. It's nuts. I just hear Ira's voice. I can't see the chat. I don't know if I'm like, hey, listen, guys, obviously we've had some technical <laughs> issues. Welcome into the Sunday smash. I assure you, I think Ira's in good spirits and 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 it's... on the level. I am too. I don't know what's going on, but... Uh, it's good to be with you. Ari. you're going to have to read the questions tonight, buddy. Um, but it's, it's good to be back doing the smash after a opening game win and a, and a dominant one at that.
2: Yeah, man. It was uh, – you know, again, I think it was – to me, when you look at a game like that, season opener against Duquesne is an outmatched team. Really, the only newsworthy thing that probably could happen is something bad. You know, yeah. if you came out and looked sloppy or if you didn't look like you cared or something, you know, just didn't – you know completely just fell flat no matter how well you played there's always going to be that you know you're going to temper the expectations because of who you're playing so from that standpoint i thought they accomplished what they had to do and uh you know now we're moving on but yeah letting the uh the folks know yeah where you have internet problems at the house so you had to go in the studio mm-hmm. and uh i was having some technical issues as well but we hit we are here and uh Matthew and i will uh bring up some of the questions we actually had um One of the first people that uh, made a uh, contribution, Judge Will uh, Will Determine, asked if this was the team we saw in practice. What did you think? Did you feel like this was resembling the team we saw in practice?
0: Uh, Yeah, here's what I'll tell you. I think this team, first of all, a couple things. The game went exactly as I thought the game would go. And I don't mean that as in, hey, look at me predicting things. I'm saying this was not a game where you were going to learn a lot physically about who Florida State is. You might learn philosophical things about Florida State. You might learn uh, maybe about a player or two just in terms of how they respond. But you weren't going to learn a lot physically about Florida State in this game. Next week is the game you're going to learn about a lot about where they are in terms of The talent on this team and the depth of talent on this team, I think you'll learn a lot more about who they are next week. Um, I was fine with pretty much everything that happened other than Tate Rodemaker sucked again, and I don't think they can trust him because he's a different player in practice than he is in a game. And we now know that he is a different player, resoundingly so, Ira, than he is in practice as opposed to a game the kid that played in the game didn't look anything like the kid we see at practice. And that's now what the fourth time. So I'm done. I'm done. He can't play.
2: Well, it's fine for you to be done. What does Florida state do?
0: What I don't know. Staff do? Well, they pray that Jordan Travis doesn't get hurt because they're done. If he does the other kids, not ready and Tate can't play. So there. let's just be honest about this. They're done. If he gets hurt, I don't want to start negative. They did everything they were supposed to do in this game. If you look at all the advanced numbers, if you look at the way they called the game, the way they showed up, I thought one of the most uplifting aspects of the game, Ira, was the fact that when the second half started, they were locked in and they played smart and focused and they went down and put the game away and they did what they didn't do at the end of the first half. To me, that was huge. It, it speaks to mindset. It speaks to focus. It speaks to discipline. All of that is awesome. Um, we'll get into all the things we liked and didn't like, uh, but I think I just hit on the two things that I liked um, at the top here. I really loved how business-like they were and they took care of a team they were supposed to take care of. They dominated physically. That's what's supposed to happen in a game like this. So, Hey, you get some credit for that. And then I think the most disappointing aspect without question had to be rodemaker and he's a guy that i've rooted for this is not animosity this is not meanness this is not mean spirited it's not cruelty it's not any of those things we have to talk about what we see and man everything broke down on that interception i mean he didn't let the play develop he looked panicked his everything from his decision to his mechanics he lost it all ira
2: yeah, I mean, here's the thing, and, and I want to say one thing real quick because, I man, we've gotten a lot of comments in the chat and certainly I've seen plenty on Twitter and on our message boards asking, you know, what did we see from Tate that made us feel better about his play? He's a different player when you watch well, him. And what I would say is, like, if you if you go watch those plays, I think once he got off to a bad start, that first pass was, was deflected, and I feel like after that it just seemed like he lost confidence and he started – you yeah, know backpedaling when he was throwing the interception i thought he forced it he didn't force it it was just a bad throw yeah, if he, if he put it in the right spot it's fine well the route's open it's coming yeah. open and he did rush it a little bit but because i think he was probably feeling a little bit of pressure that wasn't there yet and then later he had a the throw that should have been picked later was i thought by far his worst throw i mean he just like backpedaling just kind of threw it up for grabs so i don't know man i, I don't know what they can do because i don't know that He's had so many bad experiences now on the field on Saturdays or game situations that I don't know if he can kind of get over that. I think he has the, the talent to do it physically, but I don't know if he can get over that part mentally. If I'm Mike Norvell and his staff right now, I, I i don't know if you, I don't think they can get AJ Duffy ready to where he needs to be able to run the whole offense right now, but maybe work on some packages where if something happens to Jordan in a game where at least maybe you can survive that game. I think that needs to be something that you're focused on because I don't know that, I mean, you can go to Tate, but unless you're just trying to nurse a lead, I don't know how you could go into it and expect something good to happen. So I, that stinks. That stinks for this team because I think they believed Tate was different just like we did. And, you know, for the people that ask, like there's a, 85 players on that team. You're not building up players that aren't playing well. Like there are other positions that if I wanted to snow people and tell them, oh, this thing's going great, I could make it up about the defensive ends. I could make it up about different positions. We're not doing that. Tate had looked good in practice. It just doesn't carry over for whatever reason. So you could ask every player
0: out on that field. Don't believe us. I don't care if you believe us. Go ask the players. All of them thought Tate Rodemaker had taken another step. All of them thought he was playing very well. Ask the head coach. The head coach told you that he thought Tate had a good camp. There's no reason. There's no motive. What's the motive for us I mean, to make a, a, Tate had a, a good camp?
2: Not my nephew Tate.
0: Yeah, I don't know Tate. <laughs> uh, you know, I've interviewed him a couple times, but I don't know him. All I care about is what I see in practice and in, in conveying that message to you guys so that you have context for what we're watching. And the truth is, I now know, in my mind, Ira, I think I know Tate's situation. I I, I can never get into his brain, obviously, but I know what I see. And there's enough context clues at the end of the day, Tate Rodemaker is a talented player who should be a lot better when he gets the opportunity than he is, but he's not at some point. He's not. You just have to realize that for whatever reason, either he's putting a lot of pressure on himself, or as you said, the previous failures have stacked high and he feels the weight of those. I don't know because there is some talent there,
2: but, You know, yeah, I mean, look, if somebody physically can't do it, then it's an easy decision as a coach. But if it's something else, and again, they, you know, look, this staff has sports psychologists on it, they have different resources and ways to work through things. So I don't think they're going to give up on them, but I do think that they have to have another backup plan because I don't think Tate can be your only backup plan. Um, also, Rob Rathbun, thanks uh, for the uh contribution, appreciate it, much appreciated. Didn't ask a question, but he just wanted to show his appreciation. Uh, a lot of questions about injuries. We don't have a lot of information. Johnny Wilson, all I can tell you is when we watched him after the injury, he got checked out in the injury tent for a long time. He came back out. His ankle was looked like his ankle was taped up because it didn't have tape on it when he went in the injury tent. And when he came out, he was trying to jump up and down and kind of get loose and run back and forth. You wouldn't do that if there was anything structurally wrong. Like they wouldn't have him – See if he could go back in into a game against Duquesne in the season opener, unless it was fine. It's probably just a mild sprain, and you you know you hope that he's back this weekend, but we don't there's no way to know for sure,
0: so they called the game like I thought they'd call the game IRA, hyper focusing on running the football, really not showing anything in the passing game. I mean what they ran in the passing game, if you're just talking about you know formationally the stuff that they did. Um, I I thought for Florida State's office, I jotted some notes during the game. Um, You know, we saw motion. That's important. You know, a lot more motion than we've seen previous. Um, They're going to run some RPOs, which would be great, but I don't think they showed you anything off of that. They're going to show a lot more to LSU. So they were trying to keep it bland. Um, I thought Rodney Hill's success, if you go back, a lot of that was after they had worn down Duquesne quite a bit, but they ran the outside zone stuff that we've seen them working on, so I'm not surprised by that.
2: Yeah, he Uh, actually – and I'm not taking anything away from Rodney Hill because I like him a lot. I've liked him since he got here. But if you watch those plays, I mean, FSU's offensive linemen were not exactly blocking great, but the Duquesne guys were just done. Like The the game was done at that point, and Rodney Hill was able to make some plays. So Uh, a big, big step from that to try to do it against LSU.
0: Yeah, and I thought that basically when I go back and I was looking at some of these other notes that I wrote last night, um, you saw some option routes in here that you know they 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 could have done whatever they wanted. I'll be honest with you, one of the things that I got excited about that I want to continue to hit on buddy do spans the real deal how about and that i want i I think that's the biggest thing that came out of this game.
2: Oh, we lose you, Jeff. I think we lost you, buddy. Maybe you'll come back here in a second um. But following up on yeah, Deuce Fan, there's no question. I mean, he 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 looked like he belonged out there. He had three. He was targeted three times, caught all three passes, and uh, and again, he showed he's not just a guy who's six foot four and and can run fast and just catch fly patterns. He's a guy that has all the different routes uh, available. I'm going to take some questions here until Jeff gets back here on the internet. Um, I'm going to scroll back up a little bit. The um, couple people who came out to Hotel Indigo for the pregame show. Uh, we appreciated that. We had a good time there. Jeff and Tom held it down. Um, let's see. Uh, somebody said the, uh, he thinks, uh, William Miller said he thinks that Tate looks good in practice because the corners are so bad. I think the one thing I would say about the corners from that game is Amari and Cooper did not play. Uh, he was held out from some sort of minor injury. It didn't look anything serious. He didn't have any braces on or he wasn't walking with a boot or anything like that. Um, so we don't think that's anything serious, but Amari and Cooper did not play. Um, and uh, when Jarian Jones had his personal foul, they put in greedy Vance who did not play particularly well either. I think when you have Amari and Cooper and Renardo Green, I think that's a little bit better cornerback uh, combination than what we saw for some of that game. Um Let's see. Nick Carden says, I thought our DE play was not that great. Got beat on the corner runs more than up the middle. Yeah, I went back and watched the game um, this a- afternoon. And I kind of – it's hard to know for sure because we're not calling the plays about the defensive ends and the, who had contained On a couple of those runs where they got outside, it looked like Jared Verse, when you watch it live, did loss contain. But there's also a linebacker on that side of the field that kind of rushed up the middle as well. So I don't, you know, it's just hard to know whether or not it's the linebacker uh, or the defensive end. So there's no way to know on that. Um, I mean, I will ask Adam Fuller, somebody asked earlier why the coordinators didn't talk after the scrimmage or after the game and what Flores say does after games is Mike Norvell talks and players talk after the scrimmages in the preseason, they had all the coordinators speak as well. They won't talk until tomorrow. So Monday at about, 11.30, we'll get Mike Norvell. People can watch those press conferences. And then each coordinator will talk after that. And we'll get to ask Adam Fuller. And he's usually pretty open. So I think he'll give us an idea if, uh, if you know, if it was the defensive ends entirely or, or if maybe it was the linebackers. Um, just keep scrolling through here until we get Jeff Cameron back. With, Jeff's having some te- technical difficulties. So unless uh, Matthew can either get Jeff back on or we can get somebody out of the bullpen, I'll just answer questions. Um, the, the Huguenot hour says you don't get to hit in practice. So Tate probably feels zero pressure. Then when he gets into the game, he's not feeling comfortable. That's fair, but it's not like he got hit in the game. So I don't know if I buy that. I've seen a few people throw that out there on social media and on the message boards, but I'm not sure I buy that because he, it's not like he got hit. I, it would be one thing if Tate Rodemaker ran a zone read and got popped, and then all of a sudden that changed how he played. That's not what happened, so I don't know if I if I believe that. South Florida Knoll says protect, pr- protect JT at all costs. Yeah, I think everybody would agree with that. Jordan Travis certainly looked good. Um, I thought there was a couple times he maybe could have been a little bit safer um, and slid a little bit earlier, but he uh, um, came out of the game, appeared to be unscathed, and uh, they'll need to keep him. Obviously, they need to keep him upright going forward. Um, Let's see. Eric Angel says, I'm guessing we can't bring in a transfer quarterback now since the season has started. Uh, Like unlike the NFL where you can uh, cut back the roster. Um, You know, the the whole question about Jordan and and whether or not Florida state should have brought in a transfer is it's going to be brought up all season, especially if Tate or AJ Duffy doesn't look like they can play as a backup. Um, we've rehashed this and hashed this a million times during the spring. I don't know that they could have brought in any transfer that they might've wanted to bring it. Uh, you know, it, there weren't a lot of, not a lot of quarterback transfers are going to a situation where you already have an established quarterback and Jordan Travis was an established quarterback. He won five of his last seven starts last year. He's very athletic. He's a very talented kid. Florida state needs probably a quarterback who's mobile uh, as we've seen over the last uh, you know couple of years. So Jordan Travis would be hard to beat out. And a lot of quarterbacks are not transferring into those situations. You look at Chuba Purdy. He left to go to Nebraska. Well, he's not starting at Nebraska. Uh, Max Johnson left LSU to go to Texas A&M. He's not starting in Texas A&M. It's when you transfer and you transfer to a situation where there's already a starting quarterback, it could be a difficult situation if you don't win that job. And so I don't think they had a lot of opportunities. If they could have got somebody who was a world beater, then I think maybe they would have done it, but they weren't going to be able to get somebody to come in and just be a depth piece behind this offensive line. Um, excuse me, behind Jordan Travis. Uh, somebody says, uh, Geo seven, seven believes Jarian and greedy Vance should only be backups and use sparingly Jarian And another guy that's had a good camp. He comes out and has the personal foul right off the bat, which was, you know, ridiculous. And, um, And it's something he's had problems with in the past. And Mike Norvell kind of defended him a little bit after the game and said, look, he knows it it can't happen. He acknowledged he made the mistake. He knows it can't happen. And I think Mike Norvell and Florida State's coaches want Jarian Jones to be successful because he is a talented football player. He just needs to cut that out. I don't think they're going to give up on Jarian Jones. Uh, Greedy Vance, again, it was limited action. I didn't think he played great by any stretch. Uh, but again, I think your your best two corners right now are Marion Cooper, um, Renardo Green, and then Azarie Thomas. And Azaria Thomas played pretty well when he was in there. He got the one-pass interference penalty, um, but he certainly showed he can play at this level. Um, looking through uh, some of these questions, we wait to try to get Jeff back on. Um, Jonathan L. says we should just get Duffy ready. He's the future. Yeah, I mean, A.J. Duffy – um, is certainly talented, and uh, he's had a good camp. I don't think he's ready to play. He's certainly not ready to play in a game of significance where he has to take a lot of snaps. Um, but, you know, I think they're going to have to get him ready to some degree um, after what we saw with Tate. Oh, we got Aslan. Yes. God, is that Aslan Hodge of Andy's music?
1: Ultimate Warriors start shaking the ropes. And what's up, Ira?
2: Crafty left-hander out of the bullpen. Yeah,
1: a little bit. a little bit. What are we talking about right now? we feeling good about things? I'm, I'm just, just going through questions.
2: A lot of uh, Tate Rodemaker, uh AJ Duffy questions, buddy. A lot of people yeah. concerned about Tate. You're uh, Jeff, and I gave our stances that we didn't make it up, that we didn't conjure. You know, there's I don't know. There's this theory that we just kind of came up with the idea that Tate could play. Um, I don't know though. Like, are, are you ready to move on, or yeah. do you think there's still time to figure it out?
1: You know, you made a good point in one of your columns earlier, like in the offseason, about seeing the growth that he had made. And, you know, sometimes we get a little too, you know, we're a little too gun shy. We get a little too quick on judging these guys and then not giving them time to grow. I personally didn't think he looked all that different or great in the spring, but I did see something from him this camp. I mean, the first week and a half, two weeks of camp, I thought he looked very good. I mean, we talked about it on the Wake Up War Champ podcast with Corey Clark about At, at worst, you felt Florida State had raised their, their floor for this upcoming season that if, if Jordan was going to have to miss two or three games, you see, you're like, man, you know, if it's, if it's like the Georgia tech game, if it's Boston college, you feel okay about oh, it. You know? So that was uh, pretty much the, the big bummer of it all was that we thought we kind of maybe raised that floor and like, all right, you know, Jordan, you don't have to worry yourself in bubble wrap all the time, but we got to put him back in bubble wrap now, because if he gets hurt, things are a problem, but everything's we good. Got, here.
2: Now. We got to put, put Jeff
0: Cameron in bubble wrap too, dude. I'm on the cusp of throwing something.
2: Um, <laughs> Aslan, yeah. don't run away just yet.
0: Yeah, Aslan, you, you may need to be on standby, buddy. Um, it's a weird sort of deal. Uh, I'm sorry. I, I left my house because I was having internet problems, okay. drove to a radio studio that has better internet than me, connected directly and then watch the internet go down here in the studio so oh. i apologize <laughs> i'm doing all i can i'm dying for the smash baby i'm doing everything <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, so it, it, it was it wasn't bad enough to take away what was a very good enjoyable night for florida state fans but it you know it, it put that morsel of doubt back in your mind that you know if jordan gets her again like there's no reason to Jordan looks much bigger, a little bit more physically developed. So, hopefully, he'll be able to uh, absorb things. But again, man, like we haven't seen him go through 12 full weeks. And I guess maybe some of that doubt kind of creeps back into your mind after you see uh, the way Tate performed last night. So,
0: Uh, I also, to say the least, yeah.
2: Yeah. But I also think it's like, you know, there's not a lot you could take away to feel great about from a game like that. And I think people are hyper focused on finding the concern. And, like, what, what should I be worried about? And there weren't a lot of other things to really be worried about. There were some. We can talk about them. But I think people are hyper-focusing on the backup quarterback, and partly because a lot of other things went pretty well, and you want to feel like you're fixing whatever the problems are. I thought, you know, again, a lot we had a lot of questions about the backup cornerbacks. Greedy Vance didn't play all that well. Jarian Jones certainly uh, had his mistake. Um, you know, I think Azari has got a lot of potential. Amari and Cooper didn't play. Um, but you know that's one I think that some people brought up some of the you know a couple times where where running plays got out kind of got outside on the defense um, you know there's some concerns about that but you know overall there's not there's not a ton to be upset about so I think that's what a lot of people are hyper focusing on
0: yeah and the numbers bear out just how dominant Florida State was I I, you know listen it's a football game the other guys are on scholarship too Mm -hmm. they're going to try hard and occasionally they're going to make some plays but look I, I think if we're talking about question marks going into LSU, because that's really what this is now, right? You knew you were going to beat Duquesne. You beat Duquesne by 40. You could have probably beat them by a lot worse if you executed a little bit better in the second quarter. But the point is, if there are areas of weakness, and we know there are for this football team, where do they get exposed? How often do they get exposed and by whom? Well, LSU is capable of doing something about your problems. So I would so- start with the fact that Yeah, I mean, Renardo Green played very, very well. And I'm excited about that development, by the way, because I wondered about him. But he looked great in this game. They need to get Duke Cooper back. That's going to be a big deal. LSU has arguably – well, I think LSU has the second best receiving core in the SEC behind Alabama. So – You know, I mean, that could be a bit of a problem here because they're not terribly deep at corner beyond the starters, and you got to get Duke back this week because I wasn't in love with what I saw there. I thought Kevin Knowles played a good game. I'm fine with the safeties. Renardo played well. Uh, Azaria is just not quite ready. He's physically gifted. He was real close on that play. Um, I like him a lot. I think he'll be really good this year, but I don't think he's ready to go against this receiving core. So – you know, I think that's an area of concern. If they don't get to the passer, these receivers are capable of exposing uh, some things that that make a lot of people nervous, which is our, you know, the backups to the starters at uh, in the, in in the
2: uh, defensive backfield. But doesn't it feel like there's some? It's almost like they're mirror images of each other. I think Florida State's defensive line, I think, will have an advantage against LSU's offensive line. I think LSU's defensive line is going to have an advantage against Florida State's offensive line. I think FSU's receivers potentially are going to have an advantage against LSU's DBs. I think there's LSU's receivers are going to have an edge against Florida State's DBs. Um, so I think it's going to be who can really maximize whatever their advantages are against the other. That's why I think, you know, and I mentioned it in my three two one piece, that people can read at warchant.com if they spring for a dollar uh, for a year, is that um, special teams is an area where, you know, Florida State has put a lot of time and effort into getting better at special teams. LSU is replacing all their kickers, their holders, their snappers, all the stuff that Matt Mascone, Mascona said me you last week on uh, the interview you did. Their special teams are, are starting from scratch. Florida State should have an advantage in that area. Well, they didn't really look like it on Saturday. So that's an area. So those are things, like, to me, when you look at this matchup, who's got – which strength is going to match up against somebody's weakness and who's going to take advantage of it better? So I think the passing game is going to be huge here. I think Florida State
0: has to establish throwing the ball. I don't think they're going to line up and run the ball against LSU. I certainly don't think they're going to line up and run the ball. Like the outside zone stuff, I don't see it working against LSU because I don't think Florida State's offensive line, which is better and deeper, is capable of really blocking LSU consistently well. So to me, here you go, Jordan. This is your game, baby. Let's go. Throw the football early and then kind of make LSU play you different throughout the game. Make LSU play you defensively uh, honest. If that can happen, then obviously Forest State can revert back to running the ball. They want to run the ball. I think Forest State wants to run the ball as their kind of modus operandi. Uh, they are going to establish the run against most teams, but there are a few on the, uh, on the schedule that they won't be able to run against because they're just not there yet. And I think LSU is one of those. I could be wrong. I hope I'm wrong. Uh, if they block LSU, then they'll be able to block anybody, quite frankly. So I don't think that that's going to go in their favor. I said pound the under going back to the middle of the summer because I think both teams, Ira, your point is correct, that both teams are going to struggle to block the other. So, you know, I mean, to me, that 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 spells problems for both offenses. I do like that Florida State got a game uh, under their belt you know, communication issues and things like that can get worked out. I also think they showed absolutely nothing, you know, other than running, you know, what made me laugh. And I know fans got upset about it. They ran the swinging gate on them, which was hilarious. Um, You know, you do that, you show LSU some things. And I think that's what they were doing there. Uh, But aside from that. They need to stop showing
2: that. What? uh, They need to stop showing that. I mean, the (laughs) thing is, I don't even think they had numbers. I don't yeah. think the numbers were there. Everybody, yeah. everybody was covered. Um, but, but no, and there was a question just a minute ago about Jaden Daniels and Jordan Travis. And I think that's an important question. Look, Jaden Tra- Daniels is a talented kid. He had a lot of success early in his career at Arizona State. Florida State faced him when he was a freshman uh, out in uh, uh, the bowl game out there. But I think Jord- Jordan Travis has to be the dominant quarterback in this game. He's been in the system for three years. He he has to feel much more comfortable. Now he doesn't have probably quite the same receiver weapons that LSU has. I think Florida State's improved at receiver, but they're not at that level. But Jordan Travis has to be the better quarterback in this game for Florida State to have a chance. And he should be. Jaden Daniels has only been there for a few months. They're, you know, they're going to be a little bit more basic with what they're asking him to do. Um, so I think Jordan Travis has to have the edge there. Uh, Aslan, since you're still here, I want to give you a second. Somebody asked about uh Kentron Portier, and uh, you've been a proponent of Kentron. Uh, that's for- that was the other guy on the podcast. that was Corey. Corey had him I in thought, the top 40. Corey but, you had him like, on- but I think you, you've asked, why doesn't he get out there? Because we've seen him make plays um, in practice. It just seems like he's a guy that's gone. I mean, in terms of like from where he got when he got here to where he is now, where he really – I don't think he played a whole lot of football growing up, and they signed him as a project. Willie Taggart, I think that, that staff signed him. But, man, he looked – he looked good too. I mean, that was a that was a nice. I think he got a lot of run because Johnny Wilson wasn't available. But that was a nice uh, development in the game.
1: Yeah, Ron Dugan. Shout out to him developing these guys uh, to the quarterbacks. I'll say this and then I'll, I'll bounce out. You guys, are like you're, you're both stable here. Like Jeff, Sunday night, I guess early Monday morning, when everybody's walking out of the Superdome, is it going to be? Is the narrative going to be more so like the winning fan base leaving the Superdome, thinking, "Wow, we really have something. Probably pretty darn good at quarterback." Or is it going to be the team leaving that dome, losing that fan base, thinking, I can't believe our quarterback just lost to that quarterback? <laughs> well,
0: it's I <laughs> a good question, to ask now that I think about it. Wow. I, I don't know that I would, if I were either fan base, uh, pound my chest about, you know, beating the other quarterback or anything like that. I, I These are two quarterbacks that I think are probably middle-of-the-road quarterbacks um, that have some gifts. I agree with Ira that Jordan's got to be the more comfortable player in this game, but that gets taken away pretty quickly if you're under pressure. So um, I, I don't know how to answer that question. Aslan. I, I think both defenses are going to play well, to be honest with you. I, I say that again. I, I think both defenses will play pretty well here. My fear is if we're looking at areas where one team has a distinct advantage over the other, I do think LSU's receivers are uh, significantly better than Florida State's receivers. I really hope Johnny Wilson's healthy because I think he can be a difference maker for them. Um, let's see that he can be healthy. You know, he was never going to be a burner. So he, he was always going to have to use his body, but if he's limited in any way with that ankle, you, you get worried about it. I was saying before the stupid internet broke down that I thought the the thing that I got so excited about was do span look like a real receiver guys. Do span yeah. is a difference maker. Do span is a name we're going to be talking about all season long. He has come light years from where he was, and he's the physically most gifted receiver on the roster by far.
2: So I, to me, so I, listen. Yeah, I don't has, know about. It. I don't know if I'd say that, but he's he is physically gifted, no question. I, look, man, Johnny Wilson's. I know you're not all in. I'm telling yeah. you, Johnny Wilson is very close in terms of what he can do because he's, he's not doesn't have the same top end speed. Not at all. Dude, but he's six seven. And he'll high point the ball. We haven't seen Deuce Span do that a whole lot. So, Johnny I Wilson's got a him different. Him yet, but, yeah. Well, but I, you're. But we can't assume he can. I know Johnny Wilson can. That's. I'm telling you, man. Like, I, I know Johnny I, will drop a pass just like he did in this oh, game. Oh, come and, on. Deuce Span's never dropped a pass. Listen, come on. Well, I'm not allowed to compliment
0: Deuce Span without you bringing up Johnny Wilson. Well, I can't I compliment Johnny don't.
2: Wilson without you bringing up Why drop you passes. Johnny Wilson into the conversation while I was complimenting As, Deuce Span. Aslan, turn off his mic. <laughs> Cut his internet. <laughs>
1: I'm kind my internet. You take it over. Guys. All right. See you, man.
2: <laughs> no. Wilson. No, it's a good problem, man. They got
0: they've got some guys. And yeah, I'm not I'm not mad about it. I want Johnny Wilson to be a star. I just Johnny Wilson, you know. I mean, unfortunately, he got hurt. I mean, we'll see. Um, I, LSU's going to play press. We'll see if he gets off of it. Well, um, Deuce is.
2: I mean, look, man, that kid doesn't have any experience in that either. I mean, that's going to be a challenge for both of them.
0: Deuce is physically more gifted than Johnny, I uh, but does it make him a better receiver? Does not make right. him a better receiver? In time, it might. We don't know. I hope it does. His top in in terms of the athleticism is something that I'm intrigued and excited to buy more than I am Johnny Wilson. You're right to bring up Johnny Wilson's size because that's what he's got to use. And he should. I mean, damn, don't play small, play big. You're a big dude. And go catch it, go snatch it. Right. Fight the ball a little bit for, for my liking. And I hope that that goes away in time as he reps because he's a guy that does have a physical advantage against every corner he faces.
2: I agree. And again, yeah. And my, and the thing is it's what's different about him than a lot of six, six kids or six, five kids is a lot of them because they're so much taller won't go high pointed because they're not used to having it. That kid will go up and get it. And so I think I, you know, again, look, I just, again, I think when you look at what Deuce span could be what Johnny Wilson could be, I think those are going to be really important weapons. Uh, I think, Malik McLean's still a nice player. Kentron Portier's coming around. Micah Pittman's a nice player. If you ever get Winston, if you get Winston right back now, you've got a, I mean, you've got a core, you've got a solid group that probably in the second half of the season will be um, better than they are today. The problem is you got LSU, you know, this in six days, in six, seven days.
0: the biggest thing. I think what we're doing is we're betting on guys in this race to becoming a more refined receiver. And like, for me, the guy that's shown the most amount of progress, at least in terms of being able to run the other routes and and that is due span because he didn't show anything in the spring. right. Like I didn't see anything in the spring. he was he was pretty awful and he all was fighting saw, the, he
2: was fighting the ball too. Yeah. yeah.
0: all I saw was a guy that was physically really gifted, but I didn't, you know, we didn't know if he could really play. and he seemed to struggle to get off the line. He struggled to run routes. He struggled to catch the ball. So the fact that he's already where he's at, is so exciting to me because that tells me that man the learning curve is quick for this kid I mean he is really coming on and if he becomes the kind of player that his talent portends of well then yeah man it changes the season and Johnny Wilson we knew was physically gifted in terms of size and using your body and he caught the ball a lot better in this camp than he did in the spring so they both made huge jumps I'd I'd like to see and I hope Johnny's healthy for this game because they need him. They need him. Micah played well. We shouldn't ignore Micah. He played well. Um, I I like Micah Pittman. I think he's tough. I think we know what he is. You know, I mean, they've upgraded the position. The position's not a position of strength in my opinion, but they're a lot better than they were.
2: Yeah. And uh, we had a couple, we have actually one person asked about could, um, it was about deuce span. Being... Hold on, let me go. I'm trying to go back and find I through the questions.
0: How disappointed were you with kick returns? Are you kidding me again with
2: this? Yeah. I... And what do you, yeah? I mean, part of it was blocking, but part of it was, oh. you know, Sam McCall being a freshman. What so are I we that... doing? yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's, that's, uh... I thought that was pretty gutsy to throw him out there in his first game. And I'm sure he showed it in practice, a lot of potential, and maybe in the scrimmages. Um, but yeah, man, you can't, the first one where you, you know, he, he, he can just go straight up field and get the yards he needs to get, but instead tries to bounce outside and ends up getting dropped. And then, you know, you see it get, get into his head, but that's a situation where, you know, again, man, like they have to make plays in special teams to win a game like that. And, and also,
0: uh, you know, some punts hit the ground and yeah, I just, it, it's so frustrating that that's an area that I know they care deeply about. And at least in this game, you know. It, it, you didn't see the improvement, and that's Duquesne, guys.
2: <laughs> so, right, and that's you know, and again, I think it's uh, it's and I couldn't find the question, but you know, and again, I think when you look at this game, that's what's kind of challenging about that that game is you just you, even the running backs, like they did great. You have three guys to rush for 100 yards I love the backfield, Ira. By the way, we can agree on that. I love the backfield, but. It's also like, man, they're not shaking those tacklers against an LSU. Right. You know, so how many of those really, you know, and some, some of the reads by the running backs, Mike Norvell kind of acknowledges after the game that some of the plays they made that looked sensational, where they broke a tackle or two or shook somebody were because they, they didn't follow the right track on the run. And I thought a good example of that probably was in the uh, – and it was one that got stopped. One of the times they were going into score, it was a was third and six. And I think Jordan checked to a run. And if Benson goes out wide, he probably walks in, but he kind of ran it kind of between off tackle yeah. and into traffic, and he gets stopped. They have to settle for a field goal. So that's a guy, you know, again, I think Trey Benson, he hasn't, you got to remind yourself, he hasn't played football into really fo- played seriously in a couple of years. So his upside, I think of those three, I still think his upside is the highest. Although, you know, Trey obviously looked good and Tofila looked good as well.
0: Tolofili did look good as well, and I I want people to know that I'm capable of saying that. Um, by the way, Benson, uh, you and I completely agree on. I think he has the highest upside uh, to be that size. I mean, when he put his foot in the ground on the touchdown, I mean, he is he is something to to behold. Um, you know, last year, Ira, every time we watched, or not every time, but most every time, we watched the wide receivers be put in situations where they were in one-on-one uh, situations they didn't win the battles right. this uh, this is one game it's duquesne but they won most of their one-on-one battles in this game they won't do that against everybody nobody does and they certainly won't do it against the really good teams they face but i think they're capable of winning more of those by a lot than they did a year ago and that's maybe why i'm giddy about deuce Pan. if he gets one-on-one with that speed and the, the comfort level he's now showing. And then you throw in the mix, let's say Johnny is going to make plays because of that physical advantage that we talk about a lot. Yeah, man, it changes everything about what Florida State is. They're, they're not going to be an offense that, you know, that, that when you tune into college game day and they're talking about the best offenses in the country, they're not going to be like, hey, look at Florida State. Because I think at the root of what Florida State wants to do is, is again, maybe less sexy. But if they're capable of winning those matchups, it changes everything about your offense. Last year, teams just walked up to the line of scrimmage and said, your receivers can't get open and we know it. And and that was the end of it. That was the end of it because it took away all your ability to run the ball and create any sort of balance. Uh, You had to trick people. You had to constantly trick people. And I think now with the development of those receivers, even if they're just average, and they can do it against the middling teams of the ACC and maybe a couple times against some teams that are a little bit better, then, yeah, it changes the whole dynamic of the offense.
2: And, you know, I i guess I was going to ask you, because you mentioned that you think they're going to have to throw it to beat I LSU.
0: I do. And I, and I
2: agree with you 100%. With that in mind, would you have thrown it more in this game? No. Definitely not. Not just to get some rhythm going, no? No, because I. Here, here, you're going to
0: like this. No, because I trust Jordan. Look I, at you. He, yeah, yeah. All right. Um, he threw the ball better in this game too, by the way, Ira. He did. Um, I thought he threw the ball well. Um, I I trust that when they need him to throw those passes, especially the way they set things up, he's going to be fine. Um, I, I, you know, I it's it's just tough to take a lot away from a game where you have this much in the way of a mismatch, and I could tell the coaches clearly. I mean, when you run for over four hundred yards, Ira, you clearly have decided. You're just you're going to feature one thing. You're going to feature it a lot. Now they did it from different formations, but the real fun stuff is going to come off those formations. They they ran base plays out of those base core formations that they want to use. I went back and watched again this morning. They they really didn't do anything exotic, which they shouldn't. You don't want to show LSU anything. Uh, the long play to Johnny's a post dig on the other side. That's there's nothing that's really unique about that. Everybody runs it. You know, I mean, good, good. Don't run anything crazy. Just run your standard stuff. Um, And then off of that, we'll see a a lot more. I really believe that. We're going to see a ton of plays off their base uh, formations that we didn't see in this game.
2: Tom Ortner, uh, thanks for your contribution, Tom. Also, uh, he says expectations went from 11-1 to 9-3 last night. I don't know if Tom's having fun with us. I don't think you really thought they were going to go eleven and one, Tom. Maybe you did. Uh, he did. He says it every day on the jet really he, eleven he, and one. I don't know why Tom thought they'd go eleven and one. I, I mean, don't. that's awesome. I'm, I, I'd am i like it. I mean, that would be cool. I think yeah, we'd all not be go happy eleven
0: and one, Tom. <laughs> um, but I,
2: I don't know that there's anything that you saw in that game that should make you feel like there's a two di- two game switch either way. I just think that I mean, it, yeah. I mean, there's just look. We all have to write about it because we, it's our job, and you you're going to have to talk about it on Monday on your show on the Jeff Cameron show, the wildly popular Jeff Cameron show from one to 3 PM, on 93.3 FM and more <laughs> TV. But I mean, it, it, it was, they, I think they accomplished what they needed to accomplish yeah. and they got out of there. And the best thing, and you touched on it at the very beginning of the show, and I wrote about it in my three, two, one column. We were talking about this last week. I think we were talking about this on headlines about all the times when Jimbo was coaching, when the team was good, where, they would come out in the second half and try to have that one good drive so they could get everybody out of the game. And they game. couldn't do it. And they would never do it. They would have a penalty or a fumble or something, and then Jimbo would make the starters play another series and then another series. And all next thing you know, the starters played three and a half quarters because they never had that one good series where he felt good about. So for them to come out, get a three and out on defense, go right down the field and score on offense, that's a, I think that's a good sign against anybody. It's a real good sign. I agree with you. Yeah, no, buddy. I was so excited about that. I ended up, uh, thanks
0: for getting my press pass, by the way. I didn't need it. Uh, I, I,
2: I it's, sitting, it's still sitting where I left it.
0: No, and I appreciate <laughs> it. Uh, our buddy Ed from over there in Pensacola, Deluna Coffee, Ed oh, okay. said, hey, Jeff. Would you and your dad like to just go sit together in the Champions Club? I got a couple of extras. I was getting ready to come meet you for my press pass. My dad looked at me like a like a young pup just begging to be held. <laughs> can, can you take me to the Champions Club, son? I said, sure, let's go.
2: I, I saw the picture you tweeted, and I figured it out. Yeah. I didn't, so- I didn't know Ed gave it to you, but I knew uh- – I didn't know yeah. Deluna coffee game to you but I but I knew yeah, somebody. Yeah,
0: DeLuna, Deluna was walking out of the pregame show and said, "Hey man, I got these two if you want them." He's like, "I'm going to sit in the box. Go ahead and go sit up there with your father." I turned to my son, I said, "Well, I don't want you to sit alone." He's like, "I got my three friends. We're good to go, dad. You you and you and the old man go up there and enjoy some time together." So we did. But long story short, uh, I said to my dad when they came out in the second half, "Man, can we see a focused group that's business business like?" can they come out here and just do what they need to do to put this away and let these other kids play, uh, the second and third string kids, can we get them out there? And so, yeah, man, that happened. And it happened quick. They were succinct. Um, I could have done with Florida state, not settling for field goals at the end of the second quarter, because I gave the 41 points, uh, turned out to be 40. Yeah. So that, that's a toughie. That's a toughie. But, uh, (laughs) it doesn't really factor into the way i view the game other than uh a little bit of loss of money <laughs> um hey listen i got to ask you this you and i can argue about receivers all day long but you had to be pretty pleased with Kentron Portier
2: oh yeah for sure man like I, that was cool cuz again the you know again the nice thing about Mike Norvell's media policy and look i, I some people feel like we we support Mike Norvell because he has a good media policy. That's not true. Oh, he's got to win if the, games, guys. If they're, if they're bad this year, <laughs> there's not going to be a whole lot of support. No. Um, so, but but the one nice thing about it, one really nice thing about it is you do get to see that growth, like the, the continual development of players. Mm-hmm. And Kentron's a guy, and because so many of us as media and fans, when we see guys as freshmen, we decide, okay, that guy can't play, or that guy, you know, he'll never play here, whatever it is. And he's a guy that came in and was really raw, didn't know how to run routes. And over the course of three or four years now, has become a guy that can really play. And, you know, you saw it coming. Like last year in practice, he would catch all those back shoulder balls, um, you know, and he, and, he, and he started going up and making contested catches. He then was he, Tate Wattemakers' guy, Ira. He was. He, he was, was Tate Watermaker's guy. and um, now he But just- it was, I mean, he went and made plays last night. And, and like, to your point about Deuce Span. Deuce went up and got a ball. I mean, like, that's that is what when you have those taller dudes and they're they will do that, it changes the complexion of your passing game. And Florida State hasn't had tall dudes with big wingspans that would go up and get the football, and that changes a lot. Yeah. Um, it gives you a chance against a team like LSU.
0: Oh, I see somebody is kind enough to contribute. I can't read that, Ira. Can you read that question? Oh, let's see. Uh, what's
2: M. C- Sid, uh, thanks for the contribution. He asks, is Darius Washington out for the LSU game. I know he came off the field, but not sure if it was precautionary reasons. Uh, Why was Jamie Robinson in the slot? And Ward reminds me of Le'Veon Bell. All right. Um, We don't know about Darius Washington for sure. Uh, He did come out when he, when Johnny Wilson went in the injury tent, Darius Washington also was going to the injury tent, but it was occupied. So he couldn't get in there. So the trainers were actually working on him outside of the tent. And it didn't, I mean, you know, it looked like maybe something it looked like there's a play, a couple plays towards the end of that drive that Johnny got hurt in also. Looked like maybe he got tied up with his lower body with a with a player from the other team, maybe kind of tripped and, and kind of didn't look anything like crazy serious, but we don't have an update. Maybe Mike Norvell will say something tomorrow. I would say we're hearing there's a possibility Maurice Smith will be back as soon as possibly Saturday or Sunday against LSU. I don't we don't know that, but we're hearing good things about his recovery. Um, And I thought Dylan Gibbons looked good at center. That was one of the revelations. Dylan Gibbons looked good at center. uh,
0: Yeah, I think he needs to be the starting center, Ira. Um, Mm -hmm. I I really – I'm glad you brought it up because I forgot it was something I was so excited about last night. I know he's played center before. Mm -hmm. So to see him – he looked like a natural, and he's very talented – the other thing they did when they did that, Ira, and they had so many different combinations. I'm going to go Dude. back after this show. I'm going to go back and look at – I want to see how many different combinations they had. I know Mike talked about it in the postgame. But, you know, turn Time coming in and playing guard, that's interesting to me. That's really interesting to me because he looked more comfortable there. He looks better there. I They may be better off if Gibbons ends up playing center and then you work in a different combination at guard. They may have the bodies to do that better Um, because we know they've lost, obviously, Caden Lyles for the year at center. We know Maurice has struggled, unfortunately, with injuries since he's been here. And so he's always kind of dealing with something. So they've they've put themselves in a tough position. So you had Darius come in because he's played a lot of different positions. But I like Darius elsewhere on the offensive line, quite frankly.
2: Well, and it so, makes you so much – better if you've got Dylan Gibbons at center, if you get got Justin Turnitine is a big dude. Yeah. If you got him at guard, now all of a sudden you got a lot of beef. And it's interesting because Turnitine only played tackle before this. He's never really played guard. We talked to him about it last week, and they gave him a shot at it, and he, he felt pretty good at it. They they like what he's done there. So that is an option. And I think that's where I've – the biggest positive I saw from the offensive line is they do have a lot of different options. They do. I, did want, I do want to answer the other questions M C had. Um uh also why Jamie Robinson is in the slot. They want to move Jamie Robinson all over the place. They don't want to just keep him as is a, a safety at the back of the defense. You can argue whether that's the right thing to do or not. I feel like and I know Corey complains about this in practice. He likes Jamie back at safety. Um but I think they want to move him around. He's a playmaker and I think so you're going to see him in different places uh I think probably throughout the season. And then uh Tr- you're you're uh, more of an NFL guy than I am. Do you see any Le'Veon Bell and Trayson Ward? Le'Veon's,
0: uh bigger than Trey Ward, but I understand why he's talking about the patience. The
2: patience, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, the patience. Yeah, he's talking about the patience. There is a lot of patience there, and he's a good football player. They're really okay at running back here. They're they're pretty good. I think we're all right, man. They all bring something to the table. Um, they're all guys that have a different skill set. They're all they all run hard. They're all capable of breaking tackles. They yeah, no, I like
2: them. The um. Yeah, last night they actually um I think Brendan asked them to talk about each other's game. And one of the things Trey Benson said that he likes about Traeshawn Ward is his patience. And I do think that's something that Trey Benson is gonna have to develop mm-hmm. because he looks like a guy who wants to get it and go. And sometimes I mean that's that's a positive a lot of times. Yeah, yeah. But sometimes, especially with like some of these own offensive running plays, you you know, you do have to be a little bit more patient. So that's gonna be We'll see him develop that, I think, as time goes on.
0: I'm really curious, Cyrus, how this plays out against LSU in terms of who gets the ball, because I think penetration from the defensive line uh, for LSU against Florida State's offensive line is going to kind of dictate some terms here. I don't think those slow developing plays on that outside zone is going to work against LSU. So I think they're going to have to run – um, a lot of the other stuff out of their base with all those counters and things like that. I'm fine with that. That's fine. Sometimes you got to do that. Some teams can take things away, but uh, it'll be curious to see who they feel most comfortable with uh, at that position in a game like this. Benson's the, the most physically imposing. Um, I, he's a downhill runner, like you pointed out, but at the same time, boy, Trayvon Ward's a real good player. So it, it'll be interesting to see how they, you know, who they decide to go with for the uh, predominant number of carries.
2: Sage Rubin asks, did we feel like the pass rush was good?
0: Well, they got the ball out of their hands yeah. so fast they weren't about to take sacks. Um, I don't know if that's your thought, Ira. I don't want to speak yeah. for you, yeah. but I thought that um I thought Duquesne understood the deal. Um it and- was
2: interesting. It was interesting to see their approach to the game. The they, way they they yeah. drained the clock after, yeah. before every play they that they got was it down. Smart. There. Oh my god, they shortened that game. Floor State. You know, it's twenty six nothing at halftime. Well, they only got five possessions. Yeah, mean, it they was put on all of them. <laughs> yeah, and he was very um, much trying to to shorten that game as much as possible. Which I give him credit for, because you know he's not trying to get embarrassed, but he also knows, man, I can't block these guys, so I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna just try to have my quarterback drop back and read the field. It's get the ball out of your hands as quickly as possible. the coach doing the right thing
0: by his players, man. He knows what they are. We don't have to kid ourselves here. They're in no position to compete against Florida State. Trying to get that
2: check and get out of town.
0: Get that check. Get your guys out of there without getting them hurt. Let's go. You got a season to play against like-minded competition, you know, in terms of physically what they'll be facing from here on out. These are teams they can beat. They can go have a good season. You weren't going to beat Florida State. They knew that get in here get the hell up out of here is what they were thinking. And I thought it showed in the passing game.
2: Somebody mentioned a couple of people. I think I mentioned that Gibbons, they like about uh, Gibbons is that he'll go downfield and go after DBs. And, and that's what he brings, man. Like he's not a good football player. And he's, but he's not like the, necessarily the most physically gifted offensive lineman you're going to see, but he's very smart. He works at it. And he's got that nastiness. Like he, he is out there to find, guys to punish he knows that that's important setting the tone for an offensive line and that's what he wants to do so that's one of the biggest things he brings and so when you guys notice that it's not by accident that's what he brings and that's what they were excited that he brought and i think that it's something that you see in bryson estes how about the play where estes gets called for holding where he like chokeslam the dude oh it's it's incredible
0: (laughs) they think i've been told and I don't know if he still is, but at one point he was one of the strongest guys on the team. Right. I, I'm sure he is.
2: He came in really strong. Yeah. yeah, he's
0: a strong ass dude. He's also built for it, guys. I mean, that guy is—he's got some red ass to him. He's not nice, and I don't mean that like as in like we're not hanging out. But I'm saying he—he—he's got some what for to him. I love him. I think he's a great player. I think he's going to be a very, very, very good player. Is a better way of saying it. Shouldn't say great. I just get excited about his play. I think he's going to be a very, very good player. Um, if he has to play a lot this year, they're going to be fine. They've got options, man. They've got options, finally. Uh, and those guys aren't even close to reaching their peak ability. So that's exciting. I see two questions here. I want to get to Chris's IRA. Uh, but before I do, Carol asked a question about the player that surprised us the most. I'm going to keep banging the drum for Deuce span. I just thought he looked natural. I thought he looked comfortable. I thought he, you know, he he just he snatched the ball with his hands on one yeah. of those pitches. I was like, there it is. Thank you. Um, I just continue nah. to be excited about his play.
2: Yeah, and he's been coming. I mean, it's really been coming. Like, the beginning of camp was pretty strong, and then he kind of had a little bit of a lull. But it felt like the last week or two, it's been coming again. And uh, I think you see that in that game. Yeah, and he's – I mean, I'm not – I was not trying to discount him at all. He can stretch the field like nobody else they have. There's no question. Yeah, Um, he's
0: he's a talent. He just got to get better and better and better, more consistent at the position. What's Chris asking there? I can't see that. Yeah,
2: Thanks, Chris. I appreciate your contribution. Uh, Had an amazing night. It was his dad's first game, and he's 76 years old. So that's got to be pretty cool. Uh, It was also his daughter's first game as a student. So they had a good time, man. Uh, All three running backs were great, but Tofili really stood out. I was often frustrated in 2021 when Tophili came in the game. He was a different back last night. I, I mean, I agree 100%. It's funny. There was a series early in the game where Tophili – well, it might have been the second quarter maybe. Tofili was in the game, and they were really at the exact same spot where he had a terrible series last year against Jacksonville State, where he had come in. I think Trayshawn oh, or yeah. Corbin Corbin got tired, yeah, and Tofili came in, and he had two horizontal runs where he lost yardage, like couldn't get a third and short. And they end up having to give up the ball. And it was just like, Man, like you can't be running sideline to sideline against Jacksonville State, man. Like, go get the yards. You need the first down. And then last night he was a different guy, man. He was he was running with authority. He looked good. The one play where he where he dropped when he plants his foot in the hole and just yeah. destroy, just dukes that dude. I mean, yeah, he gave like, him a dead leg.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He looked he, awesome. Well, he's he's got a jump cut that none of the yes. other backs really have. I, I, I agree with that. I've never had a problem with his uh, wiggle. I've always thought he had the most on this team. He just was too small and he made some bad decisions last year. You, you just highlighted a couple that I was at that point, I kind of washed my hands of him, yeah. uh for that, for that season. Um, but that's not unusual for young backs, young backs, because they get away with it in high school. In high school, you can bounce everything to the outside when you have his speed and you're going to run past people. And it's a tough habit to break. Um, when you get to big boy football like this, I mean, you got You got to run it where it's supposed to go. Um, and the hard part is there's a lot of instincts to being a good running back. So your instinct might be, hey, it's not here. I got to cut outside. I've got the gift to do that. You got to know when to do it and when not to do it. Uh, so maybe he's grown up a little bit there. and uh, But, yeah, he's always had a lot of wiggle, and he's fast.
2: I also thought, you know, and, and what's interesting about him is on the other side of the ball, I think Derek McClendon is a similar story in that something we don't talk a lot about because it's something we can't see. We're not out there – we're not in the weight room. Mm-hmm. But Derek McClendon and Lawrence Ophelia are both examples of guys who needed to get physically stronger – to be able to do certain things. Like, it's one thing to want to do it. Yeah. But, like, Derek McClendon is a pass rusher. When you talk to, you know, John Papuchas, he said, look, he, he had a hard time keeping his balance, keeping that strength as he went around offensive tackles because he just didn't have the strength. But then he's developed it over time and now he can do it. And I know that a lot of people, like, you know, there's a lot of concerns about the pass rush after that game last night. I think they're going to be okay, man. Like, I saw. There was a couple moments last night. I really liked their pass rush package. When it, was a thir- when it was an obvious passing down, they moved Briggs inside, which is something we expected to see. So now you've got Verse and McClendon outside. you got Briggs. I think they had Malcolm Ray with him one time with, with a four-man line. Um, that's some – I mean, they got some guys that can get after the quarterback. Again, it's hard to say 100% because it wasn't – you know, it was Duquesne. But LSU's offensive line is not going to be a team strength, we don't believe, especially early in the year. So they might have some opportunities. I think those guys are going to pin their ears back and they may make some plays.
0: Yeah, it was interesting. Um, We haven't talked a ton about the defense. I did see a corner blitz in there too. Um, So, you know, I mean, he's going to have to dial up some uh, different looks this year because they don't have Jermaine Johnson, you know. So he's going to have to do it. And we'll see how good they can be. I thought Veris was exactly who we thought he was, right? There's a moment where you watch him he's physically just too good for, for the other guy, and then there's times you're like, oh, that's the wrong play there, son. Yes. You know, and that that's what he's going to be probably early on in his career.
2: Uh, Daniel Hollingshead, nice. Thanks for the uh, contribution. We really appreciate it. He asks, does Norvell get a pass on this season if Jordan Travis gets hurt early on? And uh, it seems like trusting Rodemaker seems like a major misstep. Now, I will say this. I 100% understand why they didn't go get a transfer. I get it completely, and I think it was going to be hard even if they really desperately wanted to get a transfer. It was going to be really hard to get somebody to come in here to compete with Jordan Travis. Having said that, if Jordan goes down and the season goes down because of that, nobody's going to want to hear those reasons. And so it's a, it, I think it's unfair to a degree because I do think it was a really difficult situation, but there's not there's no way you're going to be able to talk people out of being furious at Mike Norvell if – Jordan Travis, something happens to him, and the season goes to hell. I mean, do you think – what do you think?
0: You know, it's funny. People aren't going to want to hear it. it both ways. And I think, like, you're basically admitting you can see where people would rightfully be pissed, you know, but at the same time you understand why they didn't. And sometimes it's that way. Not everything is black and white. Not everything is that easy. I think they were put in a tough situation because I would ask this question. Let's say, for the sake of argument, that he really wanted to go bring somebody in. All right, let's just say in a private conversation with his other coaches, Mike Norvell goes, guys, I think we need to bring in another trustworthy quarterback just in case Jordan gets hurt. I'm not real sure about Tate right now. Let's go get somebody. Well, who the hell are you going to get that fits this role of being good enough to be a capable backup and perhaps even challenge Jordan Travis and supplant Tate Rodemaker? Who are you getting that's available on the market that's going to say yes to Florida State after they won five games. I mean, that those guys tend to have options. Right, Those guys are going to go somewhere else where the team was better. Also, don't forget, any quarterback, any potential quarterback that they were going to invite in to perhaps compete for a job with Jordan Travis would have looked at last year's receiving core and said, are you kidding? And the offensive line. And the offensive line. So why am I going to go to a place where last year the quarterback had to run for his life and they don't actually have weapons. Now, you could tell them about a deuce span, and what's that kid going to say? Well, he's had five catches, Coach, five in his career. Well, you could tell him about Johnny Wilson. Yeah, he was largely a good blocker at Arizona State. You know, I mean, like, there's nothing. What are you going to do? So I think they were kind of stuck with the kind of guy they could have brought in even if they wanted to. The other part of that was – if you brought in a guy that you thought could yes. legitimately
2: beat out Jordan Travis for the job Jordan's bouncing I mean that's the thing people don't like acknowledge that yeah. Jordan gr- Jordan graduated yeah Jordan bounce anywhere he wanted is a graduate transfer and there would have been plenty of schools that yes. would have wanted him as their quarterback so yeah I mean I, they, they were in a no-win situation I hundred percent agree with that I wrote that during the spring why I felt like they wouldn't go get a transfer. Before they, it was clear they weren't going to get a transfer. Still, when it plays out, yeah, it's you're not going to be able to tell people that. No, all, you, the, all you're going to hear from everybody is, "Well, he didn't go get a quarterback," and I. It's unfortunate, but he also lost his margin for error with the Jacksonville State game, and then Chuba in the Chuba situation. Yeah. So, I mean, like, there's, you know, it's, it would be unfortunate, but I I don't know how you'd fight that. I don't know how you'd fight that battle. Well, I've
0: talked about before, Ira, and you know this. I mean, I've learned over the years, sometimes good coaches get fired. I mean, they make mistakes that lead to a tenuous situation like we're talking about here. And the next thing you know, you're like, I don't know really what he could have done different. But the record's the record. You know, at some point, somebody's going to say something. I just, I I, I wouldn't worry about it right now. Knock on wood. I also think, I mean they are in deep trouble. If anything happens to Jordan, most teams are in trouble if their starting quarterback goes down, right. but Florida state's in deep trouble. If it happens <laughs> because AJ Duffy is not ready yeah. and he's not going to be ready. And if Tate just, you're can't talking about play,
2: this season, you're saying, this not, season. right, right,
0: right. Yeah. yeah. He'll be fine. He'll be fine. Yeah. But maybe it's just that Tate can't play. I don't know. I It's, it's sad. It makes me sad. Um, but Brian at,
2: Brian asks, uh, can one of the walk on quarterbacks play? Maybe be in the two deep. Yeah, I mean, Gino English can play a little bit. I've, um, I put
0: him out there these days before Tate.
2: Yeah, I, I don't know. It might be might be worth considering, buddy. We'll see. Um, <laughs> Daniel also came back and said the McKenzie Milton situation didn't help. One hundred percent correct. Right that that situation last year. There were some good things about McK- having McKenzie in the locker room. I think Jordan learned some things from him. But the other side of it was, I think it affected Jordan's confidence, and uh, he. If you brought in another transfer at this point, the reason we think Jordan would have left is because it would have been a sign to him, "You don't believe in me," and, well, and this would be two years in a row. You went out to get somebody because you don't want me to be your quarterback. And I want to make it
0: plainly clear that if for some reason you had the ability to go bring in one of the elite quarterbacks that transferred, right? Like if you if you could have brought in one of the guys, you know. Whatever. You're talking about
2: you're talking about better than Max Johnson. I mean, you're talking about yeah, you know, the Oklahoma kid or yeah, somebody like right.
0: that. Yeah, I'm talking about if you had a guy that you just know unequivocally is better than Jordan Travis, unequivocally, like he's just a better player. He's going to get drafted in the NFL as a quarterback in the first two rounds, and he's available and he wants to come here. Well, yeah, you would do that. You would have done that. You wouldn't have cared. You would have said, Jordan, I'm sorry. I have an opportunity here. I'm tasked with winning football games, baby. I got to go do this. I'm going to bring this kid in. Jordan would have said, thank you, coach. Have a good day. I'm leaving. And you would have been fine with all of that because you would have gotten this prize commodity. But that guy wasn't coming to Florida State. There wasn't a player like that that you could have brought in, or at least not that I'm aware of, that would have been interested in coming to Florida State. So they were kind of stuck.
2: I think, uh, man, I think we got all to all the, uh, contributions. Yeah. I'm not a hundred percent sure if, uh, if Matthew saw any that we didn't address. Um, he yeah, can well, pull them we're up. Good, otherwise we should be good. Thanks to everybody for hanging with us. I know we yeah, have technical, about the technical issues. issues.
0: Guys. Yeah. That was terrible with that. My bad, Ira. Uh,
2: Hey, Hey, fix your internet, Jeff.
0: <laughs> I got a guy coming tomorrow morning at 10 AM. And, uh, um, I said, I said, the uh, first they told me tomorrow at five, I said, guys, do you know who I am? I didn't say that at all. I didn't say that at all. But I did say that you needed to get here before five.
2: <laughs> well, I'm glad you made it back, buddy. Aslan, yeah. I would have. We would have driven it home. We would You'd have been got fine. there. you have
0: been fine. You didn't need but, me. Uh, but I, I, I wanted to be here for the team. I said I would. I committed to it yesterday afternoon. And I'd be damned if I wasn't going to do everything I could to be here for you, buddy. I wanted to be here. We haven't done this in a while. I wanted us to have a good conversation. We did.
2: We got plenty of coverage at WarChant.com. Continuing from the game, Michael had some recruiting updates from some guys, recruits who are visiting. Uh, He's got the updates up on the premium recruiting board. And uh, we've got – Austin's got another story coming tonight. Corey's got a story coming in the morning. And then tomorrow we'll get the press conference interviews uh, starting at 1130. Mike Norvell, all of the coordinators will talk about all of their positions. we got one more comment here from Seth. Love the show, guys. Staying up to watch before having to be up early for the Artemis launch. Speaking of yeah. the moon, Bethune looks legit. Linebackers team improved overall. Span had a good game. Go Knowles. Let's talk about the linebackers real quick, and then we'll go. Because somebody asked about Amari Gaynor. Amari Gaynor uh, did not start. He was not one of the starting linebackers, but he did play some. Uh, and then towards the end of the game, he came back to the field on crutches with a boot. Um, I mean, look, we don't know exactly what happened. A lot of guys get protective boots. Um, And sometimes it's not that big of a deal. The crutches is a sign that it may not be something that, you know, you're going to see him back right away. So we'll see. I, you know, we're not, we're not doctors. We don't know, but, uh, but I would think that's more serious than uh, certainly Johnny Wilson's injury uh, and maybe some of the other ones. So we'll have to see what Mike Norvell says tomorrow about that. But yeah, the press conferences will be tomorrow. Stay tuned with us for those. And then the uh, wake up war channel will be up in the morning or late tonight. And then uh, the wildly popular Jeff Cameron show, tomorrow at one o'clock that I might make an appearance on. Possibly.
0: Yeah, I was just about to say, don't undersell yourself, buddy. You'll be <laughs> on that show tomorrow. And uh, it's a big week, Florida State LSU week. We're all headed to New Orleans. You'll be there. I'll yes. be there. Tom will be there. I think Aslan's going to be there. We're all gonna, Corey's going to be there. We're all going to be up there having a big time covering this game. I'm really looking forward to it. Um, I, nothing changed about my opinion about that game in terms of what I saw on Saturday, good or bad, nothing changed in the way I view that game. Um, but I'm excited about that game regardless because I think it's a, it's a hell of a test for this team and it's a hell of an opportunity. Coaches say that all the time, but it's true. This is an opportunity. If they were to win that game, it changes the trajectory of the season. If they don't win it, as long as they play well, it doesn't ruin anything. does put a lot of importance on the Louisville game. So the bottom line is there's just a ton at stake this week and we're going to be in New Orleans to cover it. Warchant TV, WarChant.com. Jeff Cameron show, wake up war chant, all the articles, Iris writing, all of that, all that good stuff. We've got you covered. So, uh, yeah, I, I want to thank Matthew. Thank you, Ira. Thanks to all of you guys for watching. Be well, everybody. Thanks so much for the support. We really do appreciate it very much. And thanks Take to care. ABC liquors. Yeah. Thanks to ABC. Thanks to every, I mean, look, we're off to a grand start here, everybody. Let's go. Let's keep it rolling. <laughs> Be good. And uh, we'll talk to you again next week. Take care.
2: Take care.